Back with Hotel D'Amico, we got some new faces here. Cam Knights is sitting in, Steve D'Amico sitting in, but our guest, who I'm excited about, filmmaker, adventurer, cryptozoologist. You might know him from Small Town Monsters, Bigfoot Beyond Trail, Alex Petikoff. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Thanks for uh, having me. Before we jump into exactly what it is you do, I figured we'd get some background on you. You were born in South Africa? Yeah, yeah, that's a long story, but we can get into that. My, my parents were from country called Yugoslavia that doesn't exist anymore broke apart you know it, it's it's kind of morbid to say but it doesn't yeah, yeah. no it's Serbia now? it's Serbia it's Croatia Serbia Bosnia now. Montenegro Slovenia like the list Macedonia there's way too many countries came out of one so they left in 1991 when the war was started and then they were in South Africa my dad he was working in a Swiss missionary hospital so I was born there in 1993 and then South Africa started getting kind of dangerous there's a lot of crime uh, you know, they were talking about, oh, South Africa is going to fall apart. And my parents were like, yeah, let's let's try America. Hopefully America doesn't fall apart. So you didn't quite flee. You just kind of made your way over here. Yeah, yeah. You know? we, they were just they weren't really they were like, we just escaped one war. The last thing we need is another one. And here we are 30 years later in America. And I was going to say <laughs> things are interesting. <laughs> you're complaining about New Orleans, uh, South Africa, bud. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> carjacking capital of the world. Yeah, it's it's. South Africa is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so dangerous. I was there in 2014, 2015. I went when I was still in school. And, and my God, I mean, you there's people trying to rob you left and right. Scams. We were in the in Cape Town in 2014, the Victoria and Alfred Shopping Center, which is like one of the nicest shopping centers in South Africa. All of a sudden, these alarms start ringing. There's like guys with AK-47s running the other direction. It was like a smash and grab type <laughs> robbery. I'm just like, this is the nicest part of, of South Africa, right? It's like, I couldn't believe it. But yeah, I you- saw a 90 Day Fiance episode where the girl's uh, dating a guy from South Africa in Cape Town. And every time she goes there, like they're getting robbed. Multiple yeah, times. She's crazy. like, I'm, I'm getting robbed every time I'm here. So I've only been back once. But yeah, so I was born there and my parents were like, yeah, we just we want to get out. We lived in Johannesburg for a little bit. And it's just, I don't know. If, I don't want to say life is cheap, but over there it was like, it was just, they would kill you over nothing. I mean, we were kind of talking about New Orleans before, you know, getting robbed and first they kill you and then rob you. It's like, that's just, you don't want to live in that kind of situation. So my folks and I came over to the U.S. in like 1996. Where did you end up? New Hampshire? Lived in, first in New York City, actually. Oh, really? It's probably why I don't like New York very much. New York <laughs> City sucks. Yes. Yeah, very much. I agree. Very, it's the very wild, strong. wild west out there right now. Yeah, dirty and smelly. And I, I remember, I sh- okay, this is crazy. So we lived in like, we were in the Upper East Side, which sounds nice, but we were in this tiny little apartment and we were immigrants. We didn't have anything. And we had a rat crawl up our toilet once. Like I, I shit you not, it was probably one of the most disturbing things I still remember. How did kid. you know it crawled up is my question. I mean, it just came out of the freaking toilet bowl. I was looking like, for some Fremonda cheese. I, it came, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, rats, are, are rats are- Did you feel it or you saw it? <laughs> no, I mean, I just remember uh, there being a rat that came up the damn New toilet York, room. New York. Cockroaches. Yeah, it's, it's a charm, right? It's like greatest city in the world. Yeah, right. Um, but no, yeah, so we we were in New York City for a few years. Uh, didn't like it. My dad was doing his residency there, and then we came up here to New England. So from that point on, we were in New Hampshire, and that's where I've grown up and lived most of my life. And I I like New Hampshire a lot. It's a, it's a good good place. And yeah, that's I guess that's the story. So do you feel like uh, growing up, living in multiple different places, and having a worldly view kind of led you down the path? you're on now in terms of like exploring different parts of the world professionally? Yeah, I think so. Uh, a little bit. I mean, I've always been into wanting to explore. And I mean, the world is such a 
such a huge place. There's a lot of interesting stuff to see. And it's unfortunate that life is seemingly so short because you can you can spend a lifetime just exploring one part of the U.S., let alone checking out the whole country. And you've got the whole world. But I guess I was lucky that I grew up going back to Serbia and Croatia and that part of the world. So I got to see kind of that perspective, spent a little bit of time traveling in Europe uh, and Asia as well. And then like South Africa, as I was talking about. And then exploring different parts of the U.S. So I've always kind of been interested in that stuff and uh, adventure. And I think the mysteries of the world, there's a lot of them, whether they be Bigfoot or mystery places like the Bridgewater Triangle, not that far from us. There's a lot of intrigue. You know, there's, there's, it's, it makes the world a more interesting place, too. If you think about it, it's all just boring and there's nothing to see out there. I mean, what's, what's the point? Well, right? I think you said it right there. When there's nothing to see, things go on, right? And then also it's like cultures come and go over thousands of years, but... Allegedly, these creatures are spanning much longer than that, and it's, it's providing like a greater perspective of this entire experience beyond like my iPhone eight. Yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, I think modern times were just so you know we, we have everything at our fingertips, which is crazy because you have like a supercomputer here yeah. that's more advanced than the NASA had in the '60s. Yet people, I think, are more narrow focused now, a lot of them than, than before. But like you said, the folklore element is, was interesting. You have different groups of people around the world that are not connected at all, don't speak the same languages, but they have similar stories, right. whether they be cautionary tales like some of these tribes in North America that talk about, you know, in the woods, you have these Sasquatch-like creatures and they would use that to warn their, their children and their women not to go too far into the woods and whether or not they were talking about a real creature in their view, they were, they were, but that is a cautionary tale that for them, they can say, Hey kids, don't go out into the woods or, you know, the, the zona is going to get you. And in reality, what's that? That's preventing the kid from maybe getting eaten by a mountain lion, falling down a cliff and dying. So it's like, it's like a cautionary tale. Maybe there is a real, a reality that's the, the origin of it, but it, it serves, I think a bigger purpose and folklore in general and human society is it's, it's always been here. It's not going away. Well, you know, we have urban legends now, right? Like you've got alligators in the sewers in New York. We're talking about New York. Like that's an urban legend. That's just a story that comes up that maybe it was based off of one incident, but a lot of people now think it might be real. So well, that, you did have a rat come out of your toilet. I, I honestly would have preferred an alligator. <laughs> I would have preferred an alligator. That would have been cooler, right? A rat you is, see like the big pythons in Asian countries. Yeah, they come Florida. Up. Anacondas. Florida, part. they got the invasive, uh, the pythons. Oh, yeah. Those are crazy. We've searched for them down there because I've been down the Everglades a bunch. Really fascinating area. It's like the Australia of, of America. Everything wants to kill you. You've got you've got uh, cottonmouth snakes, rattlesnakes, Florida panthers, bears, South Beach turtles, apes. Apparently, well, the, the Florida panthers suck at hockey, so I wouldn't really worry. <laughs> Isn't about there that. rumor that there's monkeys in Florida? There, are, there's okay. So Ocala National Forest or Ocala, Florida. There's a the Okeechobee. Yes, or something. It's it's a Crystal River or Crystal Spring, something like that, where there's this group of monkeys that escaped. From some, uh, it was like a Tarzan show they had way back in. the I think day. they hang out by like the airport or something. They li- they, these monkeys live out there, <laughs> literally. Man. Yeah, they hang, they <laughs> hang out. They hang no, out in street I think a few years ago, we were down there in Florida, and we're in Ocala, and they're like, "You can go to this park. It's a state park, and there's legitimately monkeys that live there." And they had Hep C, apparently. I shit you not. I mean, this is like Google it. Look up Florida monkeys Hep C. It's the most Florida story you'll see, right? It's crazy. It's probably not even front page news. That's, yeah. It's definitely not, not the, the most crazy. Florida story you'll <laughs> but see. But it, it fits into that whole Florida man thing. But it's, it's, it's so we went looking for these monkeys. We didn't see any of them. 
Apparently it was too cold that day, but there was they had an outbreak of hep C and they were warning people. And there's videos on YouTube of these monkeys going and like attacking people's picnics. Like they'll be in a state park and these these monkeys just descend into the trees, start ripping people's food away. I mean, it's it's some pretty nutty. So, shit. Alex, let me get this straight from what you were just saying. You literally went searching for Hep C. <laughs> no, no, we didn't know they. This was not at the time <laughs> that that outbreak was reported. <laughs> the outbreak was not reported then, but the monkeys were there apparently. We didn't see any. We were just driving by and we're like, "Oh, wouldn't this be funny to go look for?" Were you in that area in that video where you were like, maybe? Th- there's a lot of videos where you make pasta, but I remember watching one where you're in <laughs> Central Florida. I think you were by yeah. yourself, and you were like making pasta, and you had sauce and everything. Was that like the? That might be one of them. Yeah, because I know. It was the Florida stuff. It was myself and two other of my buddies that were with me. And yeah, we were doing like burgers and pasta. I mean, you get when you were camping for like a well, two weeks straight, you gotta you gotta think of some creative uh, food options out there. But you're having Sunday dinner in the Everglades. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we we tried. Yeah, you know, we tried when we were out there. But yeah, Florida's Florida's actually cool because there's a lot of uh, those natural areas you go to that. If you go to Florida, you wouldn't expect that. You go to Tampa, Miami, Orlando, whatever, it's all built up. But you drive a couple hours out and you're in like this some serious wilderness. I mean, out in the Everglades, it's you've got protected areas that are larger, like twice the size of Rhode Island. And it's all just no development. It's just raw wilderness. Is there undiscovered species in the Everglades, you think? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I could imagine some little stuff, some like smaller creatures. Of course, there's the stories of the skunk ape that's like kind of related to the Bigfoot stuff, but they have a population of Florida panthers down there that are basically just mountain lions that live in the swamp. What's the skunk ape, if you don't mind? It's, yeah, the skunk ape is like a, it's basically a Florida version of a Bigfoot type story. So it's it's reported in the swamps of Florida and in kind of other parts of the South. It's very similar to your Bigfoot story. A little bit, uh, you know, more shaggy hair description in some of the skunk ape stuff and a little bit shorter than maybe some of the ones that are reported elsewhere in the U.S. But I mean, stories have been there for a while. We've interviewed some witnesses down there. Like I said, I was I was shocked at how much wilderness there actually is out there. I didn't expect it. I mean, I, I grew up going to Florida, and you, know, you go to Disney or whatever, and it's like you, you think Florida like Same. it's it's a beach place, right? But you you li- I mean, you have to realize in between those coasts, there's nothing. Hep C. There's monkeys with Hep C. That, <laughs> do do I, you find that it's very crazy? Most of these mythical uh, creatures are they more uh, centrally located in like North America versus Europe and other continents, or is that just more where there's been uh, more evidence and investigation? Because like, do you hear about these creatures besides like Loch Ness? Like, do you yeah. hear about these creatures like popping up in Europe and Asia? I guess it depends on which ones you're talking about. I mean, you've got like cryptozoology there's a big spectrum of cryptids and you know i think most of them probably aren't real most of them are more uh, folkloric mythological but you have stuff like lake monsters they're found a lot of different places you've got loch ness a bunch of lakes in north america lake champlain here in in, uh, vermont uh, slash new york then you have like mystery hominids, like Bigfoot type creatures. And those are reported in quite a few different places. There's one in Louisiana, right? Yeah. North there's Carolina. A, yeah. But I mean, that's like in North America, there's stories all over. Where there was just, there's like good wilderness, there typically there's stories. But you've got the Yeti in the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. So that's like one of them. That was even well known before even Bigfoot in North America or Sasquatch in Canada. You've got stuff in Southeast Asia. There's even story, like pretty credible stories of people during the Vietnam War, soldiers coming across what they thought were like North Vietnamese combatants. And they were like four to five foot hairy ape-like creatures. And Vietnam and that whole Southeast part of Asia, I mean, they discovered the largest cave on earth in like the nineties there. 
I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And there's there was a species of deer that was discovered there, I think, in the early 2000s. So we're talking like a deer-sized animal that wasn't discovered during any of the crazy wars that happened in that region for decades. Well, who's really looking, right? I mean, I mean especially in a place like Vietnam, yeah. Cambodia or Laos, there's a lot of these jungles. No one's going there. You've got the Orang Pendek in uh, Sumatra in Indonesia, which is reported as this smaller kind of Bigfoot-like creature. What's really interesting is you have an island in Indonesia called Flores, where they discovered this hominid creature called the Homo floresiensis. That's the kind of scientific name, but they nicknamed it the Hobbit because it was like a three to four foot tall. It was a Homo genus, you know, of so it's it's related to Homo sapiens, Homo neanderthals, and this creature was apparently living as recently as like twenty thousand years ago, I think, in this area. And you have modern day stories not far from there in Sumatra in these jungles where there's rhinos and tigers and elephants, you have stories of a hairy man-like creature that very similar to the description of fossil evidence of a creature. I think I say very found. similar to you two. <laughs> I was going to say it might have been. Probably a little shorter, but. <laughs> so similar to like, Cro going back to like Cro-Magnon. So they erectus. think that this, I don't, I, and I, I'm not a scientist. I don't pretend to be. I just, I, I like to read a lot, but this, this Hobbit creature they say was kind of, it was, it was related to human beings, so similar. We don't know if they had like culture or and just over time kind of developed the way it did. Yeah, it's it's <clears> like <throat> you had, like you said, Cro-Magnons. You had the Neanderthals. You had the Denisovans. You had all these things that were kind of human-like, not exactly human, but they're similarly related to us. But then on the other side, you have stories of different villages and people of giants, right? There's there's stories of giants everywhere. Yeah, pretty much all over the world, there's stories of giants. So I mean, a lot of people like the thing, and I'm not super into the giant stuff, but there's a lot of conspiracies now. Like the Anunnaki. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's like the Smithsonian's hiding the body. Game of Thrones. I've, the, th <laughs> the theory I've heard, which is pretty interesting. Gulliver's uh, Travels, you know. Yeah, no, it's no, like the, exactly. the theory I heard was that the Anunnaki, which was like the f one of the founder races for Homo sapien, they, they basically allegedly ca came to the earth and infused their genetics with Homo erectus right. and the... Uh, early hominids that did not get uh, hybridized became what is like known as like the, the Sasquatch. I've heard, yeah, I've, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, like I'm not super into that stuff, but you know, the Anunnaki, it's like the Sumerians talked hmm. about them. Nobody really knows who they were or what they were, but they, you know, people like to say that they were some kind of like race from space or something like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody really knows because how can you yeah. possibly go back to that period? But yeah, you got people now too that are more like into the Bible to think the Nephilim, yeah. fallen angels. Like that's what Sasquatch is. Like there, you would not believe, man. Some of the, especially in like YouTube comments, probably some of the craziest people on earth are on YouTube comments. Like that, you mention something in a video, and they'll be like, "Oh, it's the Nephilim," and then <laughs> it'll be like boomer text yeah. of of uh, you know three paragraphs, all caps of like just some kind of misquoting scriptures and talking about the Nephilim, and it's like, how did you get into, or how did you end up picking? Bigfoot as the thing that you want to go after. I mean, I guess Bigfoot is, is I find it interesting. It's not like my favorite topic. I find lake monsters pretty fascinating, but I mean, you that's limiting to certain geographic areas. You have to go to Lake Champlain yeah. or a certain place. Bigfoot was definitely the most mainstream though, right? Would you say I, for like public? I'd say nowadays probably. At least in the last 10 years, yeah, probably. The, the folklore and people's willingness to uh, embrace it kind of like ebbs and flows. And I feel like yeah. we're on like another upswing where people are interested. Definitely, definitely. I like mean- the Bigfoot fetish people. Like I've been into it for a long time, even before when I was just like an enthusiast. I mean, 
there were shows that would come out, there'd be enthusiasm or some kind of famous incident would happen or a piece of footage and there'd be interest. And then it would like ebb and flow. But now I think there's a lot more interest just because there's a ton of podcasts. There's a ton of different pieces of media on it. Um, and I don't know, it's, for me, it's the most interesting to investigate because where do you get to go? You get to go to some of the most beautiful remote parts of nature. And that's something for me, as somebody who likes to explore, I think it's a perfect kind of marriage of, of not only, you know, I'm, I'm a huge backpacker and hiker and I've always been into that kind of side of it uh, and survivalism. So you kind of combine a lot of those passions. So you can go to places like the Northeast here in, in New England, go to the white mountains or remote wilderness in Maine. And then you're, you go to Alaska, you go to British Columbia, the swamps of Florida, as we talked about. There's a lot of different places. So, and it's interesting that these stories all come out of very similar locations. You have pieces of wilderness around the country, around North America. You, you don't have people reporting sightings from like little patches of woods in Brooklyn. Yeah. Right. Right. There's a really interesting consistency that I think for me is part of it too, because there's people that I've talked to, and I've talked to a couple hundred witnesses at this point, uh, some more credible than others, but some that are really compelling that. I mean, they don't want anything to do with this story. And they it's like pulling teeth to even get them to tell you their story. Yet they are, and especially if they're somebody like, they have a very credible position in their life. Maybe they're, you know, they're pretty well off. They Maybe they work in government. Uh, not that that makes them credible, but, you know, they, they got to a position perhaps, you know, <laughs> Not Joe, to go on anti Joe Biden's thing. out there with a flashlight. <laughs> but, but right, no, you're like, right. There was a stigma to people right. who I mean, come like out and say Obama these things. Like a police officer, right? Like they're trusted and they get to a point where, you know, they're they're supposed to be a trusted yeah. person. So for them to make up a story about seeing a giant ape man cross the road in front of them and then they don't want to tell anyone. And, and like I have people <clears throat> tell me their stories and they're like, you can't ever put my public info out there. Like I will share this with you and that's it and it's like what so what are they going to gain from that if anything if i was to put their information out there they'd probably lose credibility in their in their lives based on that so but you have again the consistency of some of the sightings people in different parts of the country they don't know each other especially those pre-internet stories from 30 40 years right. ago right. or not even not even people who who are adventurers like yourself but people the townspeople all have similar like the people stories. in willow creek yeah mm -hmm. like random people that again it doesn't make sense that they would all make up the same behaviors in these creatures especially like i said those pre-internet stories 30 40 years ago and they're all reporting similar behaviors that these and that kind of speaks to a consistency in my view that a species would have like if you go to try to study black bears you could go to different states they're going to have a similar behavior because yeah. they are the same type of animal right so why is it that people in british columbia are reporting the same stuff as some folks in pennsylvania or parts of Oklahoma in terms of getting rocks thrown at them, hearing wood knocking type sounds. They really knock wood. I saw a video of you, uh, I forget where you were. <laughs> where but, the hell were we going with that? Yeah, right. No, you have like a little baseball bat, right? I, that was, yeah, it, I got that from Cliff Berrickman's uh, museum. And, he, and he's, he's going on the tree, that knock, was knocking crazy. it. And then you put your night vision on and you just see eyes staring at that you. That was weird, yeah, we were in Utah. We were like backpacked, uh, my buddy and I backpacked up into, we were like a 10,000 foot elevation. We were in this alpine lake in the high Uintas Mountains in Utah. And we got stopped dead in our tracks by something either throwing stuff or smashing a tree. And we were kind of like, okay, this stuff always happens if you least expect it. Like we're just hiking, it's night. We're trying to get to a place to camp because we want to go to this alpine lake in the morning. It's like a six mile hike. At the 10,000 foot elevation mark, I mean, no, there's less oxygen. So you're getting your ass kicked up there by the elevation. And we just get stopped by this stuff knocking. And then it was really weird because every time 
we turn our lights off and I would, I would try to respond with my baseball bat, wouldn't get anything. And every time we turn our lights on, you'd then hear another knock, you know, from misdirection. Then we'd hear one from the other side and we're like, okay. What do you, what do you think that is? This is weird. It? Like, I mean, is, is it an, like, why would an elk do something Is it just like a, that, right? a primal a reaction? That yeah. kind of thing. So do you think these creatures, these creatures like kind of pick up like psychically <clears throat> that you're putting, you guys are putting out like the intention oh, to- I don't know. I, I don't know if it's that or if it's just random. I mean, you're just a lot, like most people that I've talked to that have had a, a Sasquatch sighting or something like that, I think is credible. It's random. Like they were driving on the road or they were hiking on the Appalachian Trail and this thing ran in front of them or same thing if they're driving. They, they didn't ask for it. They were just kind of out there and it just happened. I mean, just like you might run across a mountain lion or run across a bear, or very rarely doesn't mean they don't exist. They're out there, right? People are having encounters, but not as much as say a deer or a moose, animals that are, there's more of them. They're not predators. They're, For the people you've talked to though, um, is height ever brought up into it? Like people who got close enough to be like, it was six foot 10, it was six foot eight. Yeah. So it's the big thing we're dealing Dick with, right? Got right. drafted for the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, I don't know, man. Bigfoot, yeah. Picked in the first day. round. Anthony Davis. I mean, it, it does come up, but here's the thing. <laughs> I think, you know, I've heard people tell me they saw it, it was like 12 feet. And I'm like, I, I find that hard to believe. I think when people, unfortunately, witnesses, and this is not a slight against witnesses, but people are terrible observers, yeah. right? So you can misremember details like that. I, I have... You know, I could imagine someone saw a Sasquatch, but in that moment, there's adrenaline going on. Your your senses aren't exactly 100%. And maybe something that was seven feet tall seems like it was 12. Because that moment, you're looking at something that's not supposed to exist. Everyone tells you it's not. And I've talked to people that, again, I, I really believe they saw something. I can't tell them what it is or be 100% certain. But, I mean, <clears throat> some of the folks I've talked to, it just doesn't make sense that they would make a story like this up and then just sit on it. Like right. they're not trying to get famous with that story. They're not trying to get on TV. They have this encounter happen, and 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 I hear about it, and, and I it, it's like I have to, I have to work hard to gain their trust so they can even tell me this story. Right. So why would they make this up? And and on top of that, some of these people have PTSD. Right. I know people who are hunters that will not go back into the same patch of woods ever again because of what they saw. And they're these big, tough hunting types that you know probably wouldn't get scared easily. So Sasquatch there. is a predator, hundred percent, right? I, I don't. I, we don't know. It's, I mean, I, a wood, on a, I would assume. I a mean, you wood knocking predator. <laughs> a wood knocking predator. Yeah. You'd assume, right? I don't yeah. know, but. I mean, they've been seeing so. So in New England, there's been sightings in northern Maine and New Hampshire of, of blueberry picking. So people are out blueberry picking. It's like quite a few people thinking they're seeing a black bear, and all of a sudden it stands up on two legs and walks off like a you know like a human. And they're like, well, that obviously wasn't a black bear. Then there's been sightings, you know, with deer and other types of uh, like hogs. I heard a couple of sightings down south. People seeing hogs being taken because there's a lot of those like in Texas and down in. Just the whole southern region. It's a lot of wild West. boar down there. Huh? Yeah, there's deer all over the place. I mean, like in Louisiana, when I was down there and in Arkansas, man, you go into the woods and you just see it's all torn up. Looks like a dinosaur ran through the area, but it's all, it's all hogs. It's it's wild boar and hogs. I mean, and, and that's why they they kill so many of them because they they're just so they're invasive. First of all, so they they tear through an environment. But they, I think the females can have, they they give birth twice a year. And to like a pretty big litter. So those those pigs just spread like wild. That brings me to my next question, because when it comes to Sasquatch and if the species is still around, what is it reproducing with? If so. And does it need to like subsist off of like earthly foods? Like is that why there's uh sightings because it's trying to find food or does yeah, it I mean, not does it need to eat? I don't know. I mean, I've heard the theory that I kind of agree with. I think 
Right. I feel like a lot of the sightings people are having are probably maybe, and this is uh, this is all complete speculation. Like I have nothing to base this off of. Just what people have told me, what I've heard, that kind of thing. Uh, people think maybe juveniles, because think about it: when you're a teen, you're a little more rebellious. Because you imagine if a creature that wants to stay elusive that's hiding in these wilderness areas, why is it crossing the road in front of cars? Why would it be messing with people in their campsites? I mean, that doesn't really seem like a behavior that a stealthy animal would do. You can imagine maybe you know, like a younger creature wanting to maybe mess around with humans. Because curious, if these things are apes yeah. or some kind of primates, like we are primates. Or a hybrid. Gorillas are primates. Yeah. Orangutans, chimps. They're, we're all curious. All of us, all the great apes are curious creatures by nature. We're not just, okay, I need to eat and, and sleep and that's it. Like that's what a lot of animals, they live their lives like that. But primates are different. They have a curiosity. So maybe... Maybe these things are out there and they just want to mess with people. Because I've talked to people that have seen them cross the car in front of them. And they're like, it scared the crap out of me. You know, and I almost hit this You thing. can't register what exactly you're seeing till probably after the fact, right? Oh, a lot of people, yeah. A lot of people talk about how, you know, it's like a blur. I've even heard one instance, well, multiple instances actually, people saying when they're having the sighting, it's almost like they feel like they've got cinder blocks on their feet. They just can't move. Right. They're they're sort of paralyzed in this moment of the energy like, what changes. am I looking at? Right. What am I like? Because I mean, you know, you met, you're out in the woods. Imagine you run into your starstruck, a big grizzly yeah. or something. I mean, you're probably going to in that moment. It's either fight or flight. Right. But imagine it's something that's huge and it's not supposed to exist. Like right. it's not an animal. And especially some of the sightings up here in New England that I've heard, like New Hampshire and Vermont. Even in the 70s and the 80s, people were like, if they'd ever heard of Bigfoot, oh, it's in California, it's in Washington, it's not out here. Pacific so know, Northwest, right? Yeah, Pacific Northwest. So I know people who have had sightings out here who are like, for years, I just thought it was like a big monster. I didn't know what it was until years later I saw a show about Bigfoot. I'm like, did I see a freaking Bigfoot? Like they'd never even heard of Bigfoot. Yet they're talking about seeing something that fits the description of Bigfoot, I mean, to a T. And you're in California and you tell someone you saw Sasquatch. Their first question is, well, was he vaccinated? <laughs> so you described earlier like one of the experiences that you had and if this is like repetitive, then let me know. But uh, what is the closest you think you've been to Bigfoot or Sasquatch? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not not entirely sure. I mean, so I've never had a visual sighting. I know people who have, but I've never had a visual sighting. Everything I've experienced, which is only like a handful of things, kind of just to me, I put in a category of, okay, it's not definitive. I can't say 100% what it is. You know, I could be wrong tomorrow if, if i'm disproven that's fine but it fits like the purported behavior so you've got alleged behavior of sasquatches that is that has either been observed visually by people or is something that kind of comes up with sightings so stuff like wood knocking you have actual sightings where people have seen this going on also someone will see one and then you'll hear wood knocking before or afterwards so that kind of thing so i can't say again with 100 percent certainty at all do you ever pick up any sense does bigfoot smell like shit Dude, I mean the skunk ape, right? Yeah. Skunk ape doesn't smell very good, you know. Well, isn't yeah. that he gets his name? Isn't that kind of like what everyone agrees on? The people that have been close enough is that it smelled really There's, good. So, like, I'd say less than half of the sightings people report smell. So, but some, and this is what's really interesting though, when you start talking about the parallels with ape behavior. So, um, I've I've talked to plenty of people, and again, like less than half of them talk about having a, a smell associated with the sighting. But people do. Some people say. Smells like wet dog. I've heard that a bunch. Rotting flesh. Bigfoot's dick. Yeah, right. I mean, hey, we don't want to know. We don't want to know where the smell comes from. <laughs> well, I don't know why you there. looked over here when you were talking about the <laughs> smelling gross aspect of it. But so gorillas can actually control their scent glands. 
which is crazy. Like, imagine being able to control your BO. I know you'd probably use that against your I'd, enemies. Like, <laughs> we're doing it right now. It's crazy. No, but so gorillas can control that when they're angry or upset. Like in the Which, direction they want it to go in? They or? just can release like an odor. I guess. So it's, it's like, like, it's like, it's like, like that a pheromone guy. to defend themselves. Yeah, I think it's like imagine someone's coming into your area. Someone's coming into your house and you're just like, I'm just going to release. Kind of like right, right now. now and, yeah, I'm going to yeah, fart before <laughs> Anthony <laughs> walks in. This is gross. So, yeah, that's what that smell is? <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. Yeah, I've been no, trying but, to so, figure it out. But that, it's interesting because you have people in North America reporting smell with some of the sightings, but not all of them. So, I mean, animals live in the woods. So, yeah, they take on a certain smell, but... Not to the level I've, of what people have described. I've also heard this multiple times. People have told me the smell they they smelled was a monkey house smell. And like I've multiple times have described, like, you go to the zoo, you go to the monkey house, that's the smell I was getting in the middle of the woods while having an encounter. So uh, but to get back to your question about, you know, the closest, might be when I was up in Alaska. There's a place up there, a um, buddy of mine who owns a property up there. He's actually originally from Massachusetts. Just a casual trip to Alaska. Casual trip, oh, yeah. yeah. Just remote right location. Yeah, yeah, yeah right up there. So, so no, this guy, he's originally from Massachusetts, and he's got a remote property out there on the Kenai Peninsula in Alaska. Built it. It's in the middle of nowhere. It takes you over an hour to get there by a boat. And you're in, you're in this unbelievable wilderness, mountains. It's a temperate rainforest around there. So we spent – I've been up there – Twice now. I went 2022. We went for a week, and then uh, this past summer we went for two weeks. And that first trip out there, we had a bunch of stuff happen. And one night we were sitting around this fire pit, and it's crazy because there's the cabin, and you're in this bay. There's just nothing else there, and there's 3,000, 4,000 foot mountains all around you, and it's a rainforest. So you've got brown bears out there, moose, uh, Sitka blacktail deer, mountain goats. Just you Kodiak bears. Not there. So Kodiak Island is not far from the Kenai Peninsula, but okay. there are a specific type of bear that are even larger than the normal brown bears. They're monsters. I've never seen a Kodiak bear because I've been to Kodiak Island, but some of the you know brown bear sightings even on the Kenai Peninsula, I mean, they will kill you. They're an ambush predator. So when you're out there, we're always armed. But we're sitting up. We're in this upper fire pit. So you got the cabin, and there's this big hill that goes above the um, above the cabin, and it's just thick rainforest and there's a fire pit up there and we would go up there a lot there's been some incidents that have happened there so there's four of us sitting up there and we're just kind of hanging out by the fire and all of a sudden in the middle of us hanging out you just start hearing these like a wood knock type sound very loud and we're all like Shh, did you guys just hear that so we all kind of shut up for a second we're all scrambling to try and get our cameras and thermal devices ready and then it sounds like what to me sounded like stuff being thrown from the top of the hill kind of so you know, if I'm facing the fire, if that table is the fire, I had my back towards the water and the hill would have been right there. So the rest of the guys around the fire, the sounds to me were coming from my right. So if I'm again, if I'm facing the fire, it sounded like stuff was being thrown into the water. I mean, you would hear something hitting trees along the way and then distinctly what sounds like a rock smashing the shoreline, which is dotted with rocks and then a splash in the water. So it wasn't just like a water splash where you could say it was a seal or an otter it sounded like stuff was being thrown. And then another very clear wood knock. And we're all kind of like really caught off guard. And we're trying to get our cameras and everything. And that was just a really weird incident. Did you start knocking back? We did a few, yeah. We didn't nice. hear anything back. Yeah, you got you got to do the knock. Yeah, I know, dude. So you got to let them know what you noticed. You're the knock man. I, I saw you, I saw you wood knocking outside before you walked yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, I had, to, I had to check if you guys had any around here. But. Well, you were knocking on the door. And I was like, what the hell? He's got what a baseball bat on the door. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like Alaska is one of the most fruitful areas for the sightings because of the biodiversity and remoteness. Maybe. I mean, it's, it definitely would be a good place because I mean, it's so remote. I, I drove up there 
this last summer. And I mean, you drive up there and you, you, you like you've been, I've been to parts of North America, the lower 48 as it's called, Northern California, Washington, the Rockies. Like there's some very remote, beautiful places, Northern Maine, millions of acres of wilderness. Like there's some great habitat, but then you go up to a place like British Columbia, Canada, the Yukon and Alaska. And I mean, there's, there's nothing like it basically in the world, except for maybe parts of Siberia where nobody lives because it's the same type of habitat. There's just nothing up there. There is so much space. So driving up, we drive, we drove the Alaska highway. And I mean, it's, you could just go a mile off of the highway at any point basically and be gone forever. Like no one would find you. There's still so much wilderness out there. It's actually kind of frightening. If you've flown up to Alaska, you sort of see it if you get a window seat. But I mean, driving up, there's a different feeling. You get a feeling for it. So, I mean, there's parts of the, the British Columbia and the Yukon and Alaska that there could be anything out there. I mean, nobody really knows, right? So there's tons of habitat. People tend to live in certain areas, the cities and whatnot. So yeah, Alaska is really interesting. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world too. So. As far as uh, New England's concerned, what would you say out of the States, I suppose, has the most stories you've heard, the most sightings? I mean, I've heard the most stuff out of New Hampshire because I'm from New Hampshire. So right. I think I've focused on that. Like, I know there's a lot of stories from Vermont. I just personally haven't, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time looking into those stories. I know friends who do, though, and people who have. But uh, I guess so. New Hampshire would be the answer because I, when I started looking into reports and actually taking reports from people around 2016, I focused in New Hampshire. Maine's another good one. Problem with Maine is that it's almost twice as large as New Hampshire, and it's about the same population. It's like just over a million. And and the whole northern part of Maine, where all that wilderness is, there's nobody up there. So you have old logging stories and people who have seen stuff, but they're so few and far between. Because up there in Maine, you've got like fifty thousand moose i mean they got the most moose in the u.s outside of alaska it's a lot and that's a that's a lot of giant animals and moose man. will kill you too right? they're they're scary man you, you moose think bear scary. is the ultimate predator in the moose woods, are but... more dangerous than than bear statistically speaking like if we're talking about alaska more people get attacked every year by moose than they do bear yeah like the I moose think... will attack you or is it just oh, yeah. like collateral damage they're huge i mean think about it this way you've got a seven to twelve hundred pound animal uh, you know, 700 pounds to 1,200 pounds, and they're basically just this giant mass of meat on popsicle sticks. <laughs> so you know, like people hit a moose, it, like that'll that'll destroy your vehicle. A lot of people die in moose collisions. Our one of our good friends, he had a uh, old Monte Carlo in high school, and he was actually visiting Plymouth State. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Destroyed car, car totaled. Completely told. It, it's like because you, you're hit where, especially how tall they are. I mean, their legs are huge, so you, you're hitting right where their legs are, at, and then that giant. Yeah, you know, just, the, it's just like the antlers went. Seven hundred right. pounds of meat just falling right on your fucking windshield. I couldn't. Am I allowed to curse? I'm good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe the the, the carnage. The, the antlers went through. Oh, Jesus, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I was. I mean, you might as well just hit a, a big oak tree yeah, or something. I, At it that, it's the same crazy. effect. I mean, you're you're, you're going to be screwed either way, but. I mean, I, I was camping one time in northern Maine with my brother. We were up in the north Maine woods, wilderness. I mean, up there, there's nothing. He wakes me up at like 6 a.m. He's like, dude, do you hear that? And there's just this, the ground is shaking and this stomping kind of noise. And this huge moose runs right past our tent. Runs. It runs. I mean, I, I saw the silhouette over the tent. And I don't know what I had, like a shotgun or something at the time. I'm gripping it thinking like, dear God, don't let this thing come through the tent. I think it was because we were camped on a riverbed. So it was the river was right there and it was like a marsh. So, and then another one ran by and I'm like, holy shit. And I could hear him down in the water. 
So I, I couldn't get the tent unzipped quick enough. So I, <laughs> I ripped the bottom of it and just stuck my head out because I wanted to see them. And there's this huge mama moose and a baby just right there in the marsh, maybe, you know, less than 100 feet from us. She just took one look at me and just huffed and then ran off in the other direction. And they took off into the woods. But I mean, you it's crazy. You feel the power because the ground was shaking mm. and you could just and especially when they ran right by. My brother and I are like, holy shit. What's your advice to people if they have confrontation with a moose I mean, <laughs> unarmed? <laughs> What should I do? Be careful. You know, I, I don't know if you can. I mean, the thing is with the moose, the be problem careful. is, be careful. Be respectful. Do you yell? Do you go I down? You can, no, I, so, do you fawn? You look good. So I think <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. Hey, moose. Are those Gucci? The moochies. The thing about moose is that they're not very smart animals. So they have a very small brain. Apparently, their eyesight isn't very good. Really? They're hearing, or maybe it's their hearing that's not good. I don't know, but they're not. They're not very smart, so there's not a lot you can do. <laughs> you hate uh, right moose, huh? right I, No, podcast. I love moose. Yeah, I love moose. They're great. Have you ever eaten moose? I have. It's moose delicious. soup? Oh, it's not soup. I've had moose steaks. Moose, moose steaks, steaks and sausage. Where they, uh, My buddy in Alaska, he got sausage made out of moose that he killed, yeah. and they mixed it with jalapenos and cheddar. Ooh. It, was, it was so good. I mean, I can't tell you how good that is. And then the moose steaks, delicious. You know, it's, it's just like a little gamier than maybe... You know, beef. It's very. I think it's different than beef, though. But it's delicious. I mean, it's good meat. Are you a hunter? I'm not. No. no. I, I want to get into it a little more, but I never. I never grew up hunting because my parents. You know, they grew up in communism. They didn't really like. I didn't get to learn any of that kind of stuff. Yugoslavia I, I, is a tough place. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a lot of hunt. Like hunting is not as big as culturally. You know. But have you ever had yak meat? I've not had yak meat. No. I, well, have you tried yak? No, I want to. Uh, I mean, the gamiest I've had, I guess, like bison, but that's yeah, I find pretty, bison's pretty good. Like, like or, or venison. Venison. I don't even know if I've had venison. Do you know my? Because I have friends that hunt, and they say venison's good. Because when people say venison, other people be like, "Oh, it's really gamey," but it actually depends on how you kill it. They say. Yeah. They say if you don't kill it properly and right away, then their adrenaline's Clean pumping. Kill. Their yeah. adrenaline's pumping, and that's what makes it gamey. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've, I've had a bunch of in South Africa. I had like we had warthog kudu What's which kudu? is like this giant it's like a giant antelope with these spiral uh antlers it's crazy look up kudu i mean they're a cool looking animal and they farm them and they, we tried antelope we tried i've tried crocodile i've had alligator in florida um what's the gamiest thing i've ever had oh my god probably greenland shark disgusting i had i tried it in iceland <laughs> dude it's oh my god you want to talk about bad yeah so i was in iceland oh gosh maybe like 2017 or something like that you know iceland's a beautiful place but there was freaking norwegian scandinavian people there they ate some weird disgusting how was stuff. it prepared the shark so this is crazy right so the greenland shark is one of the oldest animals on earth like they have they found a greenland shark that's over 400 years old i mean that's older than america uh and it's still alive and and so what happens is the people it's crazy right like you, I, it's un, and they eat these in iceland right because they eat sharks and they eat whales and whale blubber and you could try that there too but i could not bring myself to do it i'm like that's disgusting uh and so greenland shark how the skin is so acidic that they have to dry it they have it outside on like a, a you know they dry age it and kind of smoke it for six months before it's edible and, and I use the word edible very loosely. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> because, I, and so so we, we went to this shark farm somewhere in Iceland. I don't remember. It was like the western part of Iceland, and there's like a shark farm. Because yeah, it's a small country. You can drive around it in like a week, and that's what we were doing. Go to this, this shark farm, and you're eating 
they pair it with this nasty ass bread. <laughs> and so they put a little piece on there. And I remember like I, I it literally just touched my mouth and I was already vomiting. Really? It's that dis- I found it that repulsive. What it did it taste so like? Gross. If you could compare it to anything, I, 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 mean, <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna say ass. But Tastes like, like ass. Ass is probably better than that. <laughs> so that. It was just like imagine the grossest, saltiest, like slimiest, fishy kind of ass. The smell the, like yeah, the, this is going down a bad yeah, this path. Is, yeah, this is not good. <laughs> I, okay, well, so you had a, you way. had a swamp ass Reuben. It's fucking nasty. <laughs> yeah. Fucking nasty. Oh, but so then this is the funny part, right? I bought some. It's like I was gonna give it to like some of my coworkers at the time as a gag gift. Like, oh, oh here's some what literally a nice, gag what a nice guy. Here's some cuisine from so, where I was. So this is crazy. They sell this like it's in a little freeze dried packet of this like shark meat, and it was only like three four bucks for a little chunk. And I bought a few, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, am I okay to like fly with this? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My cousin he goes to America all the time with a uh, with a uh, suitcase full of it. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? That's crazy. <laughs> so on on our drive back to Reykjavik, which is the capital. Everything is just smelling fishy all of a sudden. I'm like, oh my god, this is nasty, and that shit still smells through the damn packaging. It's that strong. I'm like, that guy's full of shit. So we get to the hotel in Reykjavik, and I'm like, I cannot fly with this shit. And I gave it to the hotel workers, and they were all like super excited, like, oh, why would you waste this great meat? Because they love that shit. And I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. I'm, it's a little much for me. So yeah, Greenland shark. That's one of the grossest things. The other grossest thing I ever ate was probably. Um, in Korea, in South Korea, I had this dish that's, it's raw, it's a plate of raw beef with raw egg yolks. And they, they take these octopus and they cut it, cut it up so that they put the tentacles on the plate and it's still wiggling around and moving. Because the animal's dead, but the, the nerves are still moving. I like octopus. It sounds and that's okay. a delicacy. So it's like, I'm like, what, what's with the raw beef and the raw egg? And then the squirming tentacle. I'm like, this is I'm going to have to get drunk. And I, I, I'm like, you got to give me some soju <laughs> before I'm going to eat this thing. But that was probably the second weirdest thing I've ever eaten. Are you the type that you'll, tr- you'll try anything once when For it comes to food? For the most part, yeah, within reason. Answer me this. If anybody ever did catch and kill a Sasquatch, <laughs> would you have a Sasquatch cutlet? Probably not. It might be high in protein. I don't know, man. Because it's you think about it. It's like, would you either if someone offered you like a gorilla steak, would you eat a gorilla steak? Yeah. I feel like it'd be weird. I, I feel mean, like you wanted to keep all the Sasquatch meat for research and like yeah, DNA I, I analysis. Probably and I probably would. I feel like it would make you really sick. maybe like a sea monster, like Loch Ness. Because some people have say Loch Ness cutlet. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd how try dare it. you? Because some people oh, that fish, uh, dare you. fish and chips, Loch <laughs> <Nessie> Ness style. <laughs> some people say like because there's people out there that eat bear and they say be careful about I've that because bears eat everything. Yeah, I've heard people say. I've actually, I mean, I don't know. I've heard people say mountain lion tastes good. I'm like, but I've heard that predators don't usually taste good because they have a very acidic stomach. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that really makes sense. I've never tried bear. Um, I've just heard stories of people eating it, but I don't know. I mean, I think some of the game meats like seems good enough. Like, I, I don't know. I've tried buffalo, bison, like I said, some of the stuff in Africa, pretty good. I mean, that stuff's really good, especially. Uh, the way in South Africa, some of these like farms they have with these things like kudus and antelope. I mean, it's a farm, but they have a lot of space to run around. So you're getting as close to like a wild caught one as you could basically get. But uh, elk's pretty good too. Elk and elk and buffalo slash bison are pretty good in terms of like North American standards, at least from what I've had. So do you want to take the crossbow and try hawk? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> we could do that. So in terms of uh, sea creatures, have you had any uh, sightings or, and, and what is like the way uh, Sasquatch is like the big dog for terrestrial creatures is right. Loch Ness, the 
big dog person. Yeah, I'd say Nessie. I mean, I did my first ever documentary I did on these topics was about Nessie. And it was like a little crappy. Wait, you already have a nickname for it? That's what they well, call it in Scotland, right? Like, is there a Dropkick like drop yeah. Murphy song? <laughs> <laughs> there should be. Those bagpipes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I did a, I did a short thing on Nessie back in the day. Because I'd always been interested in Loch Ness, right? You hear about it, you want to go there. Like, it's it's cool. No, um, no. Some of us don't want to go there. <laughs> it's a really small body of water, right? Like, it's it's, uh, oh, man, it's a puddle. I don't know how big it is, like... It's the retention pond out Twenty back. something miles long, pool. maybe. Yeah, which is eh, I guess that's it's like compared to Lake Champlain, Lake Champlain's gigantic. It's like 123 miles long, uh 12 miles wide. And you got the Lake Champlain monster up here in Vermont. I just found it was ironic that I was interested in the Loch Ness monster, even though Lake Champlain's only a few hours away. So I did a documentary series on Lake Champlain back in like 2017, 2018. Um, and that was interesting. And it's, you know, it's again, it's kind of like in that we we're talking about earlier, the urban legend realm. Like, is there something in the lake? I don't know. But there's all these stories going back hundreds of years. Is it just people want to believe there's something there? So any normal thing they see then becomes part of that myth. I think it's a lot of these topics. It's more of an exploration into the human, into human nature. Why are we so interested in these mysteries? Why do we see these things? Well, I, I think some of them are real, like I said, but some like you've got, then you've got stuff like the Mothman. That that's more supernatural, oh, yeah. paranormal. You've got UFOs, men in black involved in that. Like so that's that's not like a I don't expect there to be a physical Mothman. I mean, that's like if you've seen the Mothman prophecies, that's associated with that whole bridge collapse in West Virginia and all the weirdness. That's like more high strangeness. Yeah. Which is more on the paranormal side of things. Have you heard the theory that uh whales and dolphins are some of our closest like relatives and that whales and dolphins exist uh extraterrestrially too on dude there, other there's some weird animals i mean they got that dolphins are really smart wicked yeah. smart with yeah. the with the dan marino the, not so much but the, <laughs> the infrasonic bright, they, the they communicate man. yeah i mean it's i don't know it's weird because we have what is it like we're like 98 percent similar to chimps right yeah and, and gorillas and all those kinds of apes but look how different we are and then what is like we're like 95 percent with all other creatures I don't exactly know the exact numbers, but it's interesting once you kind of think about it that way. Have you gone underwater like in a significant distance to explore this or do you just stay above? I mean, I've, when I was in Lake Champlain, you know, I had some scuba divers that were working with me and they were diving down there. But I, I had I like went swimming. That's about it, I guess. But yeah, but you're a land guy. You're a wilderness guy. Yeah, I guy. mean, I, you know, water is one of those things that's interesting. I think what's so interesting about it is <laughs> it's it's frightening. It's, it's so it's frightening. It's terrifying. It's, it's, like, the I would not want to. I would not want to go down real, there. I, I'm, dude, uh, we go to Aruba almost every year. Yeah. And all we've ever been told is no sharks. Last year we went shark. <laughs> I know. So it's it's you know it's <laughs> it's really just the we unknown. We can't understand it, right? Because like you, I was even there was this cool website I found. And this guy made a chart. You could scroll down to see how deep the deepest part of the ocean was. I was shocked at how much, you know, animals and life there still was in the in the depths of the ocean. They but really can't go all the way down. The pressure. Well, they've done like yes, most people, like most Mar creatures, can't. Yeah, Mariana's Trench. They know there's oh, there's crazy. a bunch of species down. There's there. like these weird little like yeti crab things that live down there, and they feed off of what what's called uh, water snow or something like that. It's like this materials that float in the bottom of the ocean yeah really weird so i don't know i think water is so mysterious that we don't understand it so that's why you have that fear of like the jaws effect people 
know, they, they're uncomfortable in large bodies of water, a lot of people, because you don't know what's down there. There, there could be anything. I mean, we know more about, you know, the, the surface of the moon, apparently, than we do about the depths of the ocean. Yeah, so. that submarine that went down uh, there. They, they <laughs> literally just took my they, joke They right were saying they, they discovered a new uh, race <clears throat> of a moron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wasn't going to go that far. You got far. the uh, PlayStation controller. That's, you know, we could use that to pilot our, our remote. <laughs> not a PlayStation <laughs> guy, Xbox. I heard you... Uh, talk about this on one of your videos i actually went to a wedding up there last summer it was ossipee lake in new hampshire oh yeah and like uh the things that are settings that that have been up there and i even heard you drop the name alistair crowley yeah that's some crazy stuff so i i, I don't know a whole lot about it but the ossipee mountain range in new hampshire is is like a geographic circle it's a really weird geologically speaking uh area and there's supposedly when Aleister Crowley was in the U.S. and he's kind of this well-known occultist type, the most wickedest man. Yeah, right. I mean, he's a weird character. He did a lot of these. Weird he was a Satanist. He was at Loch Ness. I mean, there's that house he had, the Bolus Skin House. Him and Nessie were tight. Some people think he conjured up Nessie. The people who <laughs> yeah, the paranormal stuff. I, I, I shit you not. They think that. Yeah, he had a house in Sicily too, and he was thrown out of Sicily because of like all the weird, weird shit. Weird stuff. Doing. Yeah. So he actually supposedly heard this from these guys. Oh gosh, what was the name of their? They were like into more of that high strange and stuff. They were here in mass. What was their name? Mandate 33, something like that. This guy, Bill Darman. Um, I don't remember the, the YouTube channel, but they were looking, they were like go up and hike in this area. And they supposedly there was some kind of sacrificial table up there that Aleister Crowley was on Shaw Mountain in the in, in the Ospie Range. And supposedly he was going up there to look for stuff. I don't know much more than that because apparently there was a fire up there and this table was lost. But they, I know those guys spent some time trying to find where this was. So supposedly Alistair Colley was there, but there's been like Bigfoot sightings. Well, that's my question yeah. exactly. It's like, do you think they coincide or at least brush elbows a little bit, right? Because if there's know. activity in that world, maybe there's activity in your world. Well, maybe. I mean, that's uh, some people think Bigfoot's paranormal. I mean, I personally don't, but there's uh, there's all kinds of theories. I mean, I don't know ultimately which one's right, which one's wrong. What is your definition of Bigfoot? If some stranger asks you that, what would you tell them? I'd probably say if what I think Sasquatch is some kind of an undiscovered or at least unrecognized hominid or hominin. So something closely related to humans, perhaps. But it's sort of a, I don't want to say it's like a divergent evolution thing where, you know, it's just adapted to living in these environments. So we share some DNA, you think? Well, yeah. Like I said, we, we share DNA. So much DNA with just chimps. To go back into something else happening in New Hampshire, which is probably the most popular one aside from Bigfoot, is, is it Barney and Betty Hill? Yeah, the Barney and Betty Hill abduction. Yeah, that's more on the UFO side. I mean, if you go up to like uh, Franconia Notch in that area, there's Indian Head Resort. They got a sign right there, Betty and Barney Hill abduction. I don't know a whole lot about it. I just know it's uh, one of the most famous cases in like the UFO community. Well, they that, were back to tell their story, right? Yeah, right, right. They supposedly, you know, had these experiences. And I know a guy who was one of the last people to interview Betty Hill before she passed away in the 90s. He interviewed her, I think. And uh, yeah, she always had some pretty wild stories about stuff that was going on. But you see now, like with the UFO community, how it's like diamond dozen blowing up. It's not even, mean, doesn't even make headlines anymore. It's, it's like, yeah, oh. and that that was like the first big incident back yeah. in the day. And nobody believed him, I'm sure. No, nobody. I, well, a lot of people didn't. Yeah, until until years later. But then you had like the Roswell thing. Was that was Brazil? Roswell, no, New, Mexico. Uh, New, New Mexico. Mexico, New Mexico. Yeah, 1947, I think. I'm not super into UFOs, despite having <clears> seen one. Which is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen Bigfoot or anything like that, but I've seen it. Well, tell us Wait, about that. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, because I I also have like an experience yeah. with it, which like I was in Mexico 
And I still have, well, somewhere in here, I still have the newspaper clipping like the next day. We all saw it. It was so big, but it was whatever it was, was coming. Where in Mexico? Uh, Cozumel. Oh, Cozumel. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's an illegal alien. Now we're talking about ones that (laughs) (laughs) the news clipping. I just couldn't believe it. Wrong type alien. I saw some. Wasn't that high up? It was on a fence. Oh, God. Uh, you're all canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, t- I, I'd no, love to hear I mean, it because that's one of the things that so, I like outside of ghosts. Yeah, right, it's, right. It's one of the it's cool things. It's funny because I'm not really into it, but that's like what got me into it. Like even like I've hiked all the mountains up in New Hampshire and, and you know, I know about the Betty and Barney Hill thing, but it never really like caught my attention. I have a question. Have you ever heard of the term slip walking? Slip walking. No. So that? when someone leaves a banana peel. No, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a term I've heard like. That the way, uh, like slipping between slipping through, through dimensions, like a theory that, that I've heard the theory, but I've never, I've never heard. Yeah. So it's like, that's what a Sasquatch can do. And that's why it's so difficult. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The problem is once you get into, I'll get into the UFO story in a minute, but what, like my issue with some of the more paranormal side of like the Bigfoot stuff, which is getting popular. I think it's more sensational. The problem is there's there's you could basically make anything up and people will probably believe you. There's a ton of people who fake stuff all the time with with this topic and every paranormal topic. How do you feel about that? People that cuz this is kind That's of stupid. I is, mean, I, you're in the business of truth in a sense, right? I try I mean we absolutely keep it on the level, especially with small town monsters. Like I I'm in a place where I don't I don't have a big network TV, you know, network telling me, "Hey, you got to fake this, you got to fake that" cuz right. we're just trying to make revenue. Like I get to do these investigations the way I want to. I don't have to lie to anyone and say, oh, yeah, we saw there was definitely a Bigfoot here. Like, no, that's I find that stupid. But my problem with some of the paranormal side of things is there's too much conjecture. So, again, we talked about like people being poor observers and and, and poor eyewitnesses misremembering certain details. You know, if you see like an orb glowing in the woods and then you see a Bigfoot afterwards, you assume that they're related. What if you saw an orb in the woods and then a deer ran out? Would you are you going to make the assumption the deer is paranormal? Right off the bat? Yeah. Unless you're like thinking it's a Wendigo or something, but that's even more terrifying. But uh, no, I don't know. It's just, I think it's with the Bigfoot topic. I, I generally, you're you're looking at one mystery, but then you're trying to explain it with another. Like right. whatever these things right. are, and maybe, I could be totally wrong. Maybe they are paranormal. I don't know. I mean, nobody has the answers. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it mm-hmm. or we'd be talking about it with more certainty. But um, Whatever it is, it's still leaving some kind of physical impression. I mean, it's throwing stuff. Like I, like I said, I've experienced stuff. Sounds like it's being thrown. That's a physical interaction. And you get you get the feeling, I'm sure, that there's a difference between rocks falling or somebody yeah. somebody's throwing something. Yeah, at you, you can you can you can definitely tell. The do difference. you get that? Do you get that feeling when you're out there uh, that something's watching you? I've had it happen once, <laughs> once, and it was really weird because it was it whoa. Was, Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it was weird though, man. I'm telling you. This was, uh, this was the strangest thing I've ever had happened like in this element. So I was with a buddy of mine. And we're in an area that has a history of Sasquatch kind of reports in New Hampshire, actually. I, I, I won't say where, um, but I've, I've kind of done a little bit of research there over the years. And I took a buddy out there night hiking. It was during COVID, during the lockdowns. I was going there like every day because there was nothing else you could do. I was commuting back and forth from Boston for work at the time. COVID hits. I'm at home all the time working from home. Yeah, there's like nothing to do, right? You just, okay, I'll go hike in the woods. And we were doing that. So uh, my buddy was bored on a Friday night. And we're like, oh, let's go hike around in the woods at night. I mean, what better do you have to do? We go out there. And at one point, we and I had this, I've never felt it this strongly, this really weird, I feel like something's watching me. Like you could feel it. And, that's, and I'm thinking in my head, 
And I shit you not, the same moment I'm thinking that my friend just says, dude, I feel like we're being watched. <laughs> and I looked at him and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? how did you know that? He's like, dude, I don't know. I just have this weird feeling. And this is a guy I know. We used to go hiking together. Like, I know he's not just, I didn't tell him anything about this. Well, humans have that intuition, man. I mean, it's so weird. So, and then after that, we listened to something what sounded like wood knocking and sticks breaking for about 10, 15 minutes. And we were like, okay, this is kind of weird. But it was just a weird kind of experience. But the UFO thing, right? I want to get to that. Yeah. So 2019, to to that. <laughs> I'm in Pennsylvania. We're in central Pennsylvania, a place near Dubois, Pennsylvania. I was with a, a crew of guys actually here from the New England area. This guy, Paulino, he had a show called Behind the Paranormal. He was at a Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Had a guy from Maine, another guy from New Hampshire. And they're all into like different things. I, I was the guy, they were like, oh, we need a Bigfoot guy. This area of Pennsylvania has Bigfoot stuff. Like, sure. So you kind of like the Avengers when it comes to. Uh... Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I found this on the web for Pennsylvania Bigfoot. Check it out. <laughs> Talk about being watched. Whoa. That was, <laughs> that was crazy. But hey, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get some insightful info from uh, Siri over here. So you're in Pennsylvania. It was, yeah. So we're, we're out there and we're in this area that has kind of like a history of high strangeness. Um, and, you know, I went the year, we went two years in a row and I went that first year. You know, didn't have a whole lot happen. It was interesting. Thought we saw like a red light in the woods, but weren't 100% certain. That second year we went, we're all just out doing different kind of investigations. I was in this wooded area where there's been a Sasquatch sighting before. And we all decided there's a big thunderstorm going on. And then it, it sky cleared up. And we all go to meet up in this field. And this is central PA. So there's like nothing around there. It's just those little farms and then patches of woods, state forests, state game lands. There's not a lot out there. I mean, between... Pittsburgh and Philly, there's nothing really. So we, we were like, oh, let's go stargaze. Beautiful, crystal clear sky. And we're watching planes flying over and somebody had one of those apps that helps you kind of like, oh, you can see the satellite going over. And at one point, like, and there's no more clouds in the sky at all. And to, the, to my left in the sky, I see what looks like this cloud. And I thought it was a cloud with the moon behind it. I was like, this is kind of weird. And we all start noticing and it was a smaller cloud and it was like a undefined sort of mass. It starts sort of moving through the sky like a leaf in slow motion is the, the, the meandering I would describe. And it's kind of moving around and we can tell it's moving and we're, we all start noticing. And there's maybe five of us witnesses, if I'm thinking. Yeah, there's five of us there because we're all just sitting around a fire looking at the sky. We're checking the app. You know, it's not registering on it. it it's not very far up in the sky either. And as it's moving through the sky, these and it, it's like a it's like an illuminated cloud or a haze is how I would describe it. Then these small, I don't know, orbs or smaller defined lights fly out of it, around it, and back into it. And this happened twice. And we, I, we're like, I mean, you could hear, I, we're all like, holy fuck. Like people, and these are some of the guys there have been into UFOs for decades. And they're like, this is the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. So we're just, we couldn't believe it. We're just watching this thing. I had, and I had a camera with me at the time. It was a Canon 70D, but I had a fixed millimeter, 10 millimeter lens because i was doing star photos i like to do a lot of astrophotography those long exposures mm -hmm. so i can't zoom in with this thing so one of the guys manages to run back to the house and grab like a pair of night vision goggles and he starts filming this thing so we have footage of it it's on my website where you see these two objects just flying parallel really weird and they become one object and we watched it for a little bit and it went over the horizon and then it was like out of star wars where you see it go into hyperspace we just see this light just zip across the sky and we we're like, this is really freaking. So it's weird. a matter of what, two minutes, three minutes? It was about like maybe five minutes yeah. total. When we first started noticing it, and then we're all like, 
are we all seeing the same thing? And then we all line up and we're watching it. And and then the mo I, I remember, I'll never forget. Like at first you're kind of watching, you're trying to figure out what it is. That moment when those little lights flew out of, like it looked like it came from out of it and went around it and back into it. We're all like, holy fuck. Like it, the excitement was, it was like kids, you know, you know, experiencing something for the first time. And they're like, this is crazy. So uh, yeah, it was wild. And I can't say what it was. I just know it was like a UFO by definition of the word unidentified flying object. So I don't know what it was. I mean, was it secret government technology? But sure, it wasn't anything I've ever seen. I fly drones. You know, I grew up flying. My grandfather was a, a commercial pilot in Yugoslavia. Like I've been around planes and, and you know, aerial vehicles like my whole life. So I, I it was not anything I've ever seen personally. Isn't that like similar though to a lot of the videos that you're seeing surfacing now? I mean, I haven't it's looked like into a, a lot of them, but it, maybe. it's kind of like a similar story where, like, everybody's seeing these dispersing particles, right? And then they all come back together, and then you just see it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Away. I haven't seen anything like it. I mean, we showed the video to a guy who was uh, who was a friend of one of the other group members who was a uh, the video analyst for Mufon, and this guy is like an astronomer. I mean, he does like government contract work. And he's able to debunk like 99% of the videos that get sent his way because people film stuff they're seeing in the sky. And most yeah. of it is just something they're misidentifying. That's like the vast majority. But he was like, this is really weird footage. I don't know where to, you know, I can't say it's 100% real UFO, of course, but it's it's in this category of it's, I don't think it's a misidentified, uh, you know, Tesla satellite or something like that because that does happen too. But it was just, a, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I, I, like I said, I make no claims. Was it aliens? Was it the CIA? I don't, I don't know, man. But Elon Musk, weird. yeah, it could have been Elon Musk early, Elon Musk. early uh, satellite stuff. But no, it was, it was weird. And like I said, I have the footage of it on my website. You go check it out. It's on my like blog. But you got to go back to 2019. But the footage is on there. So it was, it was a weird, it was a weird incident for sure. One other cryptid that uh, I don't want to say hits home, but it's not far from here. And we grew up going there. Was the Bridgewater Triangle? Do you know? Too much about it? Anything? Yeah, I've done some stuff on the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah, and he actually went to college in that area. Did you go to Bridgewater? Oh, I know all about Bridgewater that. State or? Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, no, I went to uh, Stonehill. Stonehill, yeah. So I was right in the, what is it, the bottom right? Easton's, Easton Stoughton is bottom right of the Triangle. Right. But yeah. The Triangle's I, uh, weird, man. It is weird. It's it's a very, it's, see, this is like when we get an urban legend. Strange, huh? The Triangle takes on a life of its own. So, I mean, I know a bunch of people who looked at it back in the day. But you know the guy who coined it, Lauren Coleman. He's one of the kind of more notable cryptozoologists. He runs the Cryptozoology Museum up in Portland, Maine. I think they're moving to Bangor now. He's got a sign there too. Yeah, yeah, like they've got the entrance to the. Yeah, so he there. named it. He coined it, and the newspapers ran with it. Bridgewater yeah. Triangle, because at the time, you had the whole Bermuda Triangle was popular. Planes were going missing. Yeah, and or... that was like people knew it, and so it was cool. And it, it, the triangle is not really a triangle. I mean, stuff happens. Not in a triangular pattern, but think about it. Triangles are easy for us to understand. I mean, you've got different triangles. The Emerald Triangle in Northern California, right? That's where they grow all the weed. It's called the Emerald Triangle. You know, is it a, is it a physical triangle? I don't think so. I think a lot of people got lost in there too, huh? Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> another story, yeah. But uh, the triangle concept is interesting. So you've got all these weird stories, but what's so cool about the Bridgewater Triangle is you have, you've got UFO stories, you've got all the classic ghost stories, the hauntings. Bigfoot sightings, really weird. I mean, there's one story that's still fascinating from the 60s of a guy who was a police officer and says that one of these things actually lifted the back of his cruiser up and dropped it. And I know, multi and I know two people who have talked to him personally. 
And one of them said, you know, he he swore by it. Like he did not. And who's like what? He was yeah. a drunk Stonehill student. I, I heard. mean, like that's you know, <laughs> you're gonna lift, especially those car, those police cruisers back in the day. I mean, you're gonna get a guy in a monkey costume to lift up the backside of a cruiser. Like he said, it physically went up a few feet in the air and dropped. So it checks off all the boxes at this place. Sasquatch, it's paranormal. Yeah, but then also what's crazy, you've got the human element. Have you been? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you get we a feeling? We did a documentary about it uh, two years ago now. And I, I, I've i been to the Bridgewater Triangle in and out over the years because I got friends that investigate down there. What does it feel like? I mean, it's... I know you can work yourself up and be like, yeah, oh, that's, that's why I think a lot of people, they go to an area like the Freetown Forest, yeah. considered the most haunted woods in America. Where is this? It's uh, right next to Fall River Mass. So oh, that's, okay. That's like the southern part of the, the triangle is yep. considered the Freetown Forest. Now, here's what's creepy about it, right? You've got a history of potential cult activity there. Gruesome murders. I mean, it's horrific stuff. We interviewed a guy. So there's a documentary out there called The Bridgewater Triangle by a guy named Aaron Kaju. He's somebody you guys should have on, by the way. Yeah? He's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he went to Fitchburg. Okay. Fitchburg State. And he did the documentary that's, in my opinion, the best about the Bridgewater Triangle. He's from down the South Shore. Yeah. He's like right in that Fall River area. Buddy of mine, if you want help, like I said, he'd be, I think he'd be a good fit for, because he's like a skeptic. But he talks about all this stuff and his documentary covers so much of like the ghosts, the the Bigfoot stuff, the creatures, the UFO. He interviewed people. The, there were these two cameramen for like one of the news agencies out of Boston that saw a UFO. And these guys were like super credible. Especially if this sounds like there was rituals going on. Well, so that's the thing. Too. This is what's crazy. What a conjuring. Right? There's a lot of stuff with that. There was even a, uh, it wasn't Netflix, but one of these streaming services did a, a show about this cult stuff a couple of years ago. Where they kind of debunked some of the um, the cult aspects, but there's been people that have been killed out there in the Freetown Forest. So we interviewed a guy who was in this documentary, Alvin Alves. He was a former detective for the Freetown Police Department. It's probably one of the creepiest interviews I've ever done so far. Really? Because he, we're like, you know, what's some of the weird stuff you experienced out here? He's like, well, one day, one time we found a uh, dead infant in a Ugh. trash barrel that had been put there. I mean, it got so dark. He's talking about, so there was this infamous, one of the most famous murders down there was this, I think it was in the, was it the 70s or the 80s? Maybe it was the early 80s. A Mary Lou Arruda. She was from, I think, Bridgewater or East Bridgewater. And she was abducted by this guy named James Cater. She went missing and she was found later tied to a tree and dead in the Freetown Forest. I think she was decapitated. And this, this detective we interviewed, he was the first person on the scene. He's like, I had to wait in the woods alone with this like headless head, corpse, headless corpse in the woods waiting for the crime scene and other people to show up. And he's like, that was probably one of the most disturbing things. He said there was all kinds of weird. They'd find like dead, 30 dead calves out in the woods, like dead chickens, birds, pentagrams. Most of it was probably people LARPing to pretend to be Satanists. But I, there's been a lot of weird stories out of the Freetown area. He said they found a guy out there who. He had been like beaten and he was like half buried, but he was still alive. And they had to amputate his legs afterwards because the cold got to him. But like it was like a drug deal gone bad and they, they took the guy out there. So there's a lot of like just really scummy human activity. And out of all my journeys everywhere, the biggest conclusion I've always had is that humans are the biggest monsters. <laughs> like I, we ran into a weird cult in Oregon in the woods. Ran uh, into? Yeah. Actively? I, like they were doing shit and like circling our camp. It was fucking weird. <laughs> We possible human smuggling in the Everglades. We ran into that last Jesus. year. Like all these, I, I tell you, I'm I, like, I go armed in the woods because people are the biggest thing I'm worried about because people are fucking weird. Like, you know how, to, how a moose behaves or 
how a mountain lion might act, you can kind of try to avoid it, you know, tie your food up, hide it away for bears. You know, they're just kind of doing stuff on instinct, but people are unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do. So Bridgewater Triangle, what's cool about it is you, know, you have all these like true crime stories. So if you're into that, if you're not in anything paranormal, you have enough there. But then you've also got the Bigfoot. You've got the UFOs. So it's kind of like you can, there's so much there to cover. It's, it's interesting, interesting that, that's, it. that so many legends or cryptids or whatever you want to call it seem to congregate in that yeah, place. Pukwudgie kind of thing. That's that like yeah. supposed little bumping like legend. But it's, it's, it's again, it's the back to that urban legend thing. That area is taken on a life of its own. I mean, every, you know, all the time there's new podcasts coming out about the Bridgewater Triangle. There's shows. There's people are interested. And now maybe it's like kids go out there just, Oh, we're going to go to the Freetown Forest. And right. they just hear, they hear a twig snap and they're like, it was a creature. You know, but if you're in any other patch of woods, you know, we go to the woods back here, you know, we're not going to assume the same thing. But I think it's because that area has taken on a life of its own that uh, it becomes, you know, kind of part of that culture that, you know, maybe there isn't even real stuff going on there anymore, activity. But people are still going there seeking for those experiences because it's become kind of, uh, it's taken on a life of its own. Where haven't sense. you been that you want to go? called the North American Wood Ape Conservancy. And they have been doing some pretty, one of the better groups out there that does research, like very scientific. They've been there for a while and they have some interesting stories. Is there, so, is there any area in this country where there's this really not any activity or reports of activity? The Midwest. Like you wouldn't waste your time going there? Midwest. I mean, I just, I, I like places that have mountains. I mean, even down south in the like Florida and Louisiana, at least you have the swamps. Like they're interesting. because The bayous, me, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're super fascinating. Like I went down last year and we did, uh, I went with a buddy of mine actually for his um, buddy Scott from Texas. He runs the Bigfoot Mapping Project. They do like reports on their website. He's a great guy. He works in GIS, so he knows like mapping tech. But we went, he and I did some um, kayaking out in the Atchafalaya Swamp Basin, which is one of the largest swamps in North America. We paddled out a couple miles and spent overnight out there. And he's teaching me about cottonmouth snakes and all this other stuff. So I'm fascinated by those swamp environments because there's a lot of you know, different kind of life than maybe the mountains, what I'm used to up here. But uh, the Midwest is one of those places that, I mean, you just don't like, if you look at the sightings, if you go to the Bigfoot mapping project and you check out the sighting reports, you have like the Appalachian mountains. Are you involved with this website or no? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I like support Scott. He's a good guy. And yeah. I think he does a good job. And, um, you know, I tell people to report their sightings to there. So, but the, you look at the sightings in the East coast and it's all kind of around the Appalachian mountains, whether yeah. you're in Georgia or up to Maine, everything in between. That's generally where the sightings are happening. And then you look in the Midwest and just sightings drop off. Until you get to the Rocky Mountains, sightings start picking up again. Well, what do you have in those, both the Appalachians and the Rockies and other areas out West? You have habitat, food, water, elk or deer or moose or different animals that might be prey species. Whereas in the Midwest, in places like I've driven through Iowa and Kansas, and there's just nothing. I mean, it's just cornfields. There's not a lot of animals in general. Yeah. So... That's an area that I don't, maybe the upper Midwest, like Michigan into Minnesota, they have some national forests up there that connect into Canada where there's definitely a history of activity. I just haven't made it my way up there yet. Not to go off on a tangent, but this is something that I've been thinking about as of late. And uh, what are your thoughts on Antarctica? <laughs> I know. I don't know, man. It's weird. It's a strange place. Are we being told the whole truth about it? Interesting. I don't, I don't know. Some people even think it's like the edge of the world. There, yeah. Like the huge the, wall. More like the flatter stuff. I don't know yeah. enough about that stuff. Kyrie but I, Irving. But yeah. I know I know, like Antarctica, all these, uh, I don't know, you, you can go there, but you need like a permit to go there. It needs to be approved by the government or something. I don't know. I don't really know enough about it. Does anybody it. in your network I get deal? 
Not not really. I mean, I know I know somebody not related to any of this that I think tried to go on a trip to Antarctica, like an adventure tourism kind of thing. I don't know if yeah. she ended up going or not, but well, there's like allegedly like pyramids under the ice. That, yeah, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, we don't know. Have like, you, none of us here know about the truth of, of what's going on there. I know they have these facilities where they store seeds and grains in case the rest of the world goes down. And it's weird because you see all these world leaders that go to Antarctica. Like, right. The presidents have been, certain presidents, certain leaders. Putin has been there. Like, why are all these world leaders going to Antarctica? Because I think they feel reason? like it's land that's like up for grabs and maybe it's going to start like thawing out and they want to claim I, it. Or like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? I, I think the, like, the newest conspiracy theory around it is it's basically like the new Area 51. Because people think Could that be. Area 51 has been discovered. Oh, yeah. They've, they've admitted it for a long yeah. time. Yeah, so, yeah. Have you heard of Lemuria? No, what's that? So Lemuria was allegedly an ancient continent that existed Lemuria. like uh, basically in between where like Africa and the Middle East is and uh, Australia, that entire uh, area, like huh. a large continent. So and the Indian Ocean. And that yeah. it, it shifted after some like major earth changes and it went down to where Antarctica is now and it's covered in ice. Hmm. I actually haven't heard that. That's, I mean, and they say like, you know, you've heard of Atlantis. Yeah, right. right. So I was going to say the original that. civilization. Atlantis was an offshoot. They say of Lemuria. Interesting. Well, you know, like the, the Mayans and the Aztecs talk about coming from a place called Aztlan that said that flooded and they had to escape on boats. I don't know. I mean, Atlantis, a lot of people take that story with a grain of salt like you've got the stories with the greek philosophers talking about it and saying oh it was just a hypothetical idea people are like no no it was definitely a real place it was in the mediterranean no it was in the atlantic do we really that's what, like the bermuda triangle some people yeah i remember being really into that when i was younger and i, I read this bermuda triangle book from like the 70s and they talked about all the different theories and it was super cool and one of them was oh yeah the reason why these boats go missing and there's all these weather anomalies is because there's Atlanta, the ruins of Atlantis, and this technology is throwing Pearls, up beams. Yeah. And I call, mean, it's fun to think about. That, call right? it conspiracy like, or don't, but it's interesting. It's, I mean, who doesn't like that idea, right? Like that is, I, I cannot imagine. I mean, I people do live like this. That these people, all they care about is like the Kardashians and and just this super stupid stuff that's so trivial. Like it doesn't really matter. And I'm not. You know, they don't ponder any, anything. It's like how could you not? You know, the, you hear something like that. I find it interesting. That's why I'm always. I'm always up for adventure and mystery and intrigue because there's just the world is a boring place without it I would think. you take the kardashians with you if they wanted to go uh i don't know in the green mountains or something that could be entertaining <laughs> Probably not i mean i imagine the liabilities around that would be yeah huh? would be pretty insane big would just be like slapping their ass and then, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> chris chris jenner would invite her over for dinner like you're saying the uh the ancient history and figuring out the true history of the earth and uh just de debating it and investigating it is just the most fascinating thing. I think for for people over the span, as long as there's been humans on the yeah. earth, it's something like how how can you be so myopic and hyper focused on right. what the TV is telling you when there's such a long history that's full of question marks? Well, especially nowadays, right? I can understand 100, 200 years ago, most human beings, you know, they were focused on their soul survival throughout human history, right? Like. If you don't have enough food, you're not going to be able to survive today. Or you have, you know, people hunting you or whatever. Like it's during that time period, they probably didn't have a lot of time to think about the mysteries of the world. But as our lives have gotten more comfortable over the last 100, 150 years, people have started to think about this stuff a lot more. Not that they didn't before, but more so nowadays. Because especially now we talk about, again, you know, these these old mini computers we carry around. Well, it's too extreme to see that you have people that ponder these 
great questions or you have people that just drown themselves in nonsense. Well, that's exactly it because it's how you use it, right? Because we have we have so much knowledge at our fingertips. You can find out almost anything, just a quick Google search, right? Yet people are, I feel like a lot of people are stupider nowadays than they were before. It's like, it's too much to handle. I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I think some people are just wired differently. I just cannot understand people that are just, they have no interest on the world around them and they're not curious about this stuff. Yeah. I'm like, that makes me not trust. I them. think there's like varying, degree, weirded out, varying degrees of like extreme, like forgetting and repressing of yeah. things, and they just go, no, no, I'm just going to focus on like right. this reality in front of me. They do say that ignorance is bliss. I feel like the more you know, the more you question, the more you're like, wow, there's a lot we don't know. Maybe it's a little. Sometimes it can be a little much. I, I will admit, but I, I still, I would still take that over just being like completely focused on one thing and not really not curious about anything. I don't know. I mean, curiosity is is you know just intrinsic to human beings like we're just curious a curious species and that's we talk about the primates too like other apes sasquatches sound like they're curious so uh, it's kind of a trait that we seem to have for for whatever reason we just can't stop trying to learn about the world around us do you want to uh plug your uh yeah. socials and where people can find yeah more for sure stuff? uh you can search small town monsters that's uh our production company so uh i guess i'll kind of explain that real quick that's um, a production company. We focus on independent documentaries about various paranormal, cryptozoological topics from you know, all over the U.S. Basically, we've got a YouTube channel. We're also on uh, Amazon. Check out our website, Tubi, going all over the place now, supposedly. I heard some of our stuff's going to be physically available in like Walmarts and Best Buy and stuff soon. But we've got stuff on our website. That's a good place to find out. I've got a lot of documentaries on Small Town Monsters. Additionally, my website, Petakov Media, that's P-E-T-A-K-O-V Media. It's got links to all my socials and if you want to reach out, Facebook or... Uh, it's got links to everything on their email, all that stuff. Any so, upcoming projects? Anything to expect? Yeah, I'm always always working on new stuff. I'm going to Louisiana soon here. Um, filming some more stuff about the Honey Island Swamp Monster, which is kind of a Bigfoot legend down there. And I'm also working on a pretty cool upcoming project that's not related to Bigfoot. That's going to be about mysterious places. So... That's something that I'll be announcing at some point here soon. So that should be pretty cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate awesome. you coming down. Yeah, thank you guys yeah, for man, having that me. Was a Hotel D'Amico on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Instagram. Like and subscribe. Thanks, guys.